Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hey, Alex, how are you doing today? I'm great, Heather. Happy to be here. Yeah, me too. So in our last episode, we were joined by some great panelists talking about virtual events. Uh, and if anyone missed it, take a few minutes, check it out. And related, last year, we took our own user group conference, Super Forum Virtual. And we know not everyone was able to join. So we wanted to share some of the amazing content that came from that event with you today. Yeah, one of my favorite sessions from the conference was one where we had a higher logic customer that's using our platform uh, share their story about how they're personalizing their email communications based on a member's online community interests or behaviors. Becca Widener from Illinois ASBO is joined by a higher logic senior consultant, Josh Slyman, to tell us her story. Yeah, I think this is one of the most exciting things about really using the power of data to personalize those communications with your members. And you'll walk away from their discussion today with practical goal-driven strategies to mobilize your own integrated community and curate those topics of value. You'll figure out how to identify and activate those members who may be interested in attending your events who you can tap into to create content. Those people who may become ambassadors for you, you know, those champions in your membership. And even those you can tap into for, uh, for financial contributions, for fundraising. Hey, Josh. Hey, Rebecca. Let's turn it over to you to hear your story. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm Josh Slyman, uh, Senior Community Manager and Strategist here at HireLogic. I've been serving um, as the IASBO Integrated Platform Coach for a little over a year now. Um, so together, Rebecca and I are going to talk you through some of our initiatives. We'll hit on how Illinois ASBO used HireLogic to drive goals around lifecycle automations, uh, content planning, and identifying behavioral insights within the platforms that they could leverage. Rebecca, I heard a rumor that you just hit your 10-year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. <laughs> Congratulations. So how Thank did you, you find yourself at uh, Illinois ASBO? Yeah, so I don't know how many can relate, but I wasn't really aware of the association industry, but I had just returned to the U.S. after teaching English abroad and was looking for a job as a marketing copywriter. And of course, the job that popped up in my area was at Illinois ASBO. So now I've been with them for 10 years and it's been a great spot to learn and grow. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, why don't you give us a little brief introduction into the organization? What, um, what do you do, your team, day-to-day -day responsibilities? Sure. Um, Illinois ASBO stands for Association of School Business Officials. So we are a professional association for school administrators. We have around 1,700 members, including 330 service associates. Um, that's what we call our vendor members. We have a 13-person staff and four people on our marketing and publication team. Um, our marketing team, you know, we're a mighty four. We wear a lot of hats. We have a print publication that we create in-house and that goes out four times a year. Um, we work on all of our event marketing. Um, we have multiple websites, mark 
microsites that we manage. We also are in charge of all the branding for our products and our events and, you know, tag on to that online community. Of course, of course, absolutely. <laughs> wow. So clearly uh, your four person team has a lot on your plate. Um, let's talk about the ecosystem you guys have built within um, within HireLogic to help solve problems for your membership and your team. Um, you use the the CMS to manage your whole main website. I think that's an underutilized feature. What was the benefit uh, in using using the CMS to host your site? Yeah, so we previously used the CMS that was provided by our AMS, but it kind of looked like something out of the early 90s. I don't know, it didn't have a lot of functionality. So we were seeking a new CMS and I actually got a call from Higher Logic and they offered to show us their platform for websites. And we really liked the idea of connecting our community and our website um, seamlessly and having that backend power to use both in an interconnected way. So you also use, you have the online community product, you have mm -hmm. communications um, professional or, or in forms. Um, I see you utilize quite a few microsites and I think this is, this is only like half of them. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then you also just recently took on the event engagement platform. That's, that's a high level, high level usage of, uh, of the higher logic platform. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so I know, uh, one of the biggest goals from your executive team really was to help uh, step up the use of the platform, open up some team capacity. It sounds like the the, the leadership in, in the organization was really uh, willing to invest in, in your team as it looks like two of our primary goals for the year were really based around internal efficiency. Mm -hmm. uh, having that executive level buy-in must really help. What, um, what's the biggest impact of having that support? Sure. So I'm really grateful. I have a very supportive executive director and COO, and they both um, really support our professional development and helping us succeed in our roles. Um, so when we brought up the word efficiency, obviously, when you have a small staff, efficiency is what you want. Um, so we really wanted to focus on less duplication of efforts, on streamlining what we were doing. And we saw strategic services at Higher Logic as a useful way to have somebody come in and help us figure out how to streamline everything that we were doing. And we got really lucky because we got Josh as our advisor. And um, it's really been cool to see how that's impacting the work that we do. That's awesome. Well, thank you for the, the kind words, for sure. <laughs> Uh, so after some initial interviews, investigations within within the organization, we found a strong need across the uh, team to understand sort of the behavior of membership within the platform. Can you share some of the problems your stakeholders were trying to uh, sort of get, get a hand on um, by, by getting this insight? Yeah. Um so internally, um, I think we have a pretty good grasp on who our members are as far as, you know, their demographics, their jobs, you know, things like that. But we saw a gap in our understanding of their behaviors across our whole ecosystem and what they were interacting with on our website or on, in our emails. We weren't really doing a good job mining that data to better understand, you know, what they wanted. So we thought, you know, we could deliver more impactful content. Um, if we had that understanding of what they were actually doing within our platforms. 
Oh, that's really, uh, really, really smart. And it's it's neat to know that um, that you were you were able to sort of identify that that value was there, but you weren't exactly yeah. sure how to how to capture it. Mm-hmm. One of the places that we saw um, some opportunity based on the conversation of of goals was to implement some automations to help reduce repeated work, solve some internal pains. Um, we thought this really might be one of the most effective ways to to drill down on that staff uh, efficiency as quickly as possible. I know we're going to touch a little bit on renewal campaign that we worked on. What other lifecycle campaigns um, have we been sort of working on and have in the pipeline? We are working continually on revising our annual conference marketing efforts. Um, We'll be working on some better touch points for our new members through our new member campaign, as well as our lapsed members which, you know, with COVID and everything going on this year, that's an important campaign to try and win back those who we may have lost. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. So um, in our efforts here to uh, align um, our tools and our data, I just wanted to sort of talk, touch base on what it is that we are um, leveraging here. So we're going to use our our integrations, our campaign builder, uh, landing pages, dynamic groups, personalizations, and uh, leverage those data points, uh, AMS demographics, uh, event attendance, email actions, web visits, um, just to work into these uh, these lifecycle initiatives. One of our first priorities was really to deliver more relevant calls to action in the annual conference communications in order to drive registrations. Did you have any ideas, Becca, about how to make the annual conference campaign more relevant to the reader? Sure, yeah. In our database, we actually track, we have um, people who work for school districts, our members, so we actually track what their specific role is in the district. And so that seemed like an easy way to segment content like um, sessions or professional development that might be relevant to their role. Great. Yeah. So here's a snippet of that campaign flow where we took the opportunity to deliver personalized messages based on um, based on role. So you can see here we're splitting them based on on their role within the organization uh, or or their uh, title at um, at their. Uh, employment, and then sending each down a personalized path, the content, the calls to action, personalized based on the role to drive that emotional connection. Wow, we had a 52% open rate, which is really impressive. Sounds like that message was pretty compelling. Yeah, we were really excited about that result um, because that was our first time testing that segmentation for our conference. Yeah, and it it sounds like, um, you know, delivering that, you know, relevant content to the to the right person at the right time really sort of helped to drive that that action. I know everything changed on a dime in 2020 and ultimately this event was canceled, but we also did see a 20 percent conversion rate early in the campaign. Yeah, um, that was exciting for us. We don't, we didn't, you know, complete the campaign. So we don't have the insight on, you know, if that changed the ultimate attendance numbers, but we definitely noticed an early increase in our registrations, which of course is good for revenue and was a very positive result of that campaign. Yeah, that's exciting. 
So hopefully we can continue to leverage that um, that learning going forward and uh, and roll that into our, our future efforts. You also found an opportunity to upsell conference exhibitors who had purchased like a marketplace only option mm -hmm. pre the previous year. Uh, wanted to see if we could get them to grab that full version, the full registration. Can you tell us a little bit about the thought process on that? Yeah, so those who registered for that marketplace only option, they got different messages within the campaign that really encouraged them to get the full experience. Um, this email was actually sent to all of our exhibitor prospects, but it was kind of fun because we looked at our past data at what members were interacting with within our emails and we found out that the top clicked item was our exhibit hall map, which was kind of actually surprising. <laughs> I didn't know that was that interesting, but um, so we're like, let's make an email that puts the map front and center, you know, clever headline with personalization. Nobody wants to put, you know, your organization in a corner and give them that fear of missing out of, you know, not getting stuck in a corner of the exhibit hall. Right, right. Yeah, I thought this was a really creative use of um, of, of the segmentation by going after the, the previous registration type, but also um, bringing in that unique personalization attempt, but and and showcasing the value ultimately of of the full um, purchase versus the, the, the lower discount version. So again, ultimately, the the event didn't happen due to uh, due to COVID. But what we really did see was uh, that we were able to move those numbers up by thirteen percent. So um, fewer people were purchasing the lower uh, cost option, and um, and more people purchasing the full option. Uh, you must have gotten some accolades around the office for that one. Oh, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think the more exciting data point in some ways for us was just the early registrations that we were getting, which based off of our first email in the campaign, we'd already converted 7.5% um, of those prospects. So wow, that was a good result for us. Yeah, that's neat. The, um, yeah, that's that's a great result for, for a first touch point for sure. I assume this is a, another tactic we're going to keep keep moving forward with. Yep. <laughs> All right. We also um, looked at some content uh, uh, initiatives and really wanted to work in some template navigation throughout um, throughout actually most of the mailings that that the team was working on. Uh, we really felt that this was important in that it improved opportunities for quick linking to high value properties within the, within the organization. It reminds the subscriber of member value and, and drives emotional connections. And it, uh, you know, it adds convenience and trust and authenticity for, uh, for the end user. So I really do like this tactic in, um, in, in bringing in more value to our emails by sort of, um, you know, uh, replicating a, a, a website navigation. Yeah, um, another tactic that we've implemented really across all of our email communications is thinking about our calls to action. And if we're putting in there the what the member wants and not what we want. So, of course, we want somebody to register for an event or renew their membership. But in this case, to renew, maybe they want to continue learning. 
Um, so we've got we've used a lot of these types of calls to action and they've gotten, as you can see here, very good response from members. Yeah, this button generated 88% of the total clicks for this email. Um, I think it's really a really great perspective to sort of remember that as organizations, sometimes we get um, we get so focused on our uh, our desired outcomes and, and our directives that we forget that um, you know our, our members' motivations might be slightly differently. And if we position ourselves um, to drive sort of our desired outcomes while speaking and serving the members' motivations, um, we can start to see results like this. Very cool. So basically, you can see um, how that really sort of shows uh, across the, pro the um, renewal campaign as a whole. We had a 56.6% open rate, a 40.6% 40 click-through rate, um, and, and that was across the campaign as a whole, really being driven by those, um, those direct uh, dynamic calls, calls to action. Another tactic that we took was um, activating a drip campaign and automation uh, to reduce the internal workload of communicating these membership renewals. It, this really allows consistent messaging, a cadence across the membership, and, and ultimately this is where we, we save our hours, right? Mm -hmm. um, someone on the team was doing monthly mailings previously, is that is that correct? Yes, but it was hard you know, to keep up with all the snail mail mailings that were happening. Um, and even before we had this campaign, then we had to do a monthly email that was run man manually every month. Um, so this campaign was a good time saver to just implement an automation and not have to do all that manual work. That's amazing. And it looks like we were able to reduce staff uh, effort on this by 75 to 80%, which is really a great way to uh, to open up that team capacity that we talked about earlier and allow you guys to focus on uh, other more impactful uh, efforts. Another fun tactic that we use ultimately across the board in our lifecycle camp campaigns is looking for opportunities to create and note actionable observed behaviors. Um, here in, in the renewal campaign, we were able to uh, note timing and renewal timing and, and behavior. Um, we can also take a look throughout the, the um, platform at web tracking, email clicks, library and content access um, to note those sort of uh, observed behaviors and interests. Yeah, so we're curious to see after a year of running this campaign, we'll be able to have some really good data on when people are renewing, um, just from looking straight into these um, areas of the campaign. So we're yeah. excited to see what that shows us. It's really neat because you'll be able to probably do some forecasting, like some mm -hmm. revenue forecasting that, that we hadn't had access to before. Um, and also no sort of expe expect um, uh, plan some planning on when, when that revenue is going to come in over the course of a 90-day um, renewal effort. Let's talk about content planning. Um, I know there was an important gap to bridge. Um, what were you trying to solve with the cross-platform content analysis? 
Yeah, so we like to feed our professional development committees. They're the ones who plan all of our events, our PD events, and we like to feed them useful information about what our members are looking for, what they're doing um, to try and help them then curate great content that our members need. Um, so we were feeding them basically just the top um the top discussions in the community, but we saw an opportunity to give a lot more different and robust data to help guide relevant content. Very cool. So uh, for this initiative, we have uh, leveraged uh, reporting and metrics, web tracking, uh, individual analysis, um, data from online community behaviors, email actions, web visits. I'm gonna take a look at some of the strategies and tactics we used. So I know uh, there's actionable interactions all over the ecosystem. Um, we wanted to take a look at how we could solve some problems with it. So we wanted to look across that ecosystem and start to compile top 15 community search terms. So I love the search terms report. It really tells you what you're missing, um, also what you're hiding or what uh, members can't find. Um, here you can see uh, the CARES Act uh, pop up, COVID, unemployment. You'll probably start to see some trends as we sort of dig into uh, the content usage. If we look at library access, here we see families first, plexiglass dividers, risk management plan. We're starting to uh, develop some trends here. Uh, if we look at discussions, we have social security tax de uh, delay, HEPA filters, budget forms. I think everybody sees uh, sees the trend here. Um, not not unexpected, but um, but but nice to be able to support with um, with some real data. We also start to bring in some of the email data. We start seeing professional development, virtual conference seminars. So educational things start to rise to the top in terms of um, email clicks and um, email opens. Uh, then we look at top visited web pages. We see event related learning opportunities, community discussions, and clearly COVID and learning opportunities are our, sort of our high priorities here. Um, the trends we're seeing through um, throughout the, our, our analysis here. One of the um, important parts is sort of build consistency, benchmarking, deepen your insights. Um, what's, the, what's the cadence for, for this report? Yeah, so we just completed our second quarterly report and we are sending it out to all of our professional development committee chairs. We're sending it to our board members. We're also taking a look at it internally um, as a staff, which helps us to see, you know, are we providing the right resources that our members are searching for? Are the topics that we're, you know, providing consistent with the things that they are talking about or asking for? Um, and it just kind of verifies by the clicks that we're doing the right things. Um, in some cases, we think, you know, we saw certain events that we knew were getting some popularity and then we looked at the clicks and it just, the data just supported what we already knew in that case as well. Very cool. And so this report goes to the board? Uh-huh. So we have two reports. We have the hot topic report. We also are doing a quarterly engagement report, which includes kind of a high level summary of our engagement trends within our online community and our, you know, clicks and 
in our emails, all of those different kind of data points and how those are working over time. Um, it also just talks about some of the strategies that we're trying to implement. Um, and it's really been cool to see the board kind of also interacting with this um, data and getting excited about it. Yeah, that's neat. Um, so how, tell me a little bit about, about where and how it's being used. I know you touched a, bit, a little bit about it, but um, how, um, how, how are you guys leveraging this report internally? Yeah, so we're definitely using it to kind of just give more information to the people who are creating professional development for us. We're using it kind of as a gauge of what our members are really interacting with and do we need to provide, you know, additional resources. I learned that people are not sick of COVID resources, even though <laughs> I felt like I was sick of putting those out there every time they were still getting the most clicks of everything. Um, so it just gave us some good insight to know where we were on the right track as well. That's great. That's great. Uh, so can you tell us about some of the other impacts that it has sort of as a, from a, from an organizational standpoint? Sure. So for me, one of the coolest things to see is in our strategic planning process with our board and with our staff, um, because this is being kind of continually put in front of them, I think they're seeing a lot more the power of community and the power of the tools that we have. And we're actually hearing them brainstorm ideas like, hey, maybe we could use the community for this. And hey, you know, like maybe there should be an email campaign here. So it's cool to see everybody kind of jumping on the bandwagon and buying into what we're doing. That's that's amazing. That's that's the best thing I've heard so far. Awesome. <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about our, our last um, touch point. We're getting a little low on time, so I'll try to pick up the pace a little bit. But um, so we knew that, you know, that there was sort of data here that we, we weren't taking full advantage of. Um, and, and that we really wanted to sort of under, understand and identify member value. Um, what, what was it that you thought you might be able to, um, to deliver or do better if you had some better insights? Yeah. So for me, I think we were doing a lot of marketing, you know, based on demographics, which is, you know, good in a lot of areas, but I just felt like there was a gap in really looking at behavior and letting that play into how we market or how we recruit volunteers or, you know, various things where their engagement could play a role in that. Um, so that was kind of the gap for us that we wanted to identify. Great. So uh, for this, this initiative, we looked at, uh, we, we heavily leveraged our integrations between HireLogic and, um, and Informs or, or Communications Pro, um, as well as uh, AMS demographics and information there and the integrations. Um, we also leveraged dynamic groups within Informs, um, AMS demographics, community behaviors, event attendance, uh, email actions, web visits. We sort of brought all of this into Informs in order to compile and take a look at um, the connections and that data. Yeah, and it was just a cool opportunity to bring together all these different data points that we had from our website, from our community, from our emails, and put them into something that was more actionable. That's cool. 
So we set up some tools and processes in, in order to observe interests across the ecosystem. Um, we looked at online community behaviors, web visits, event participation, email interactions, community membership. And we want to align that with um, individual sort of identifying value points. So things like engagement level, expertise and education, observed interests, content consumption and content creation. These are um, ways that, that members really can add value and, and notable um, uh, action points for us. So using the integration, we, were, we bring these data points together in a compound group to make it actionable. Here we've defined um, sort of an expert pipeline where we have uh, defined an expert as someone who has a master's or higher, um, 10 plus years experience and are active in discussions. So this is sort of our, our base level for, for identifying expertise, but we also have the option then to filter this against a particular role or a particular expertise or a particular observed interest in order to um, sort of even drill down further on, on uh, an individual expertise or skill set that we're looking to leverage. Yeah, and we see value with that um, when we need to recruit for our publication or down the line if we want to create, you know, some kind of mentoring within the community. We then have the ability to look at, you know, who's been in the profession a long time, who's also very active. Maybe that's who we can tap. And then once you add in their role, then you can say, okay, we know we can tap these people on a particular topic. So I'm looking forward to trying to figure out if there's a way to automate all that, but <laughs> we're not quite there yet. <laughs> awesome. So uh, just this is sort of what we, based on those um, expertise, we were able to drill down on on 68 experts that uh, that we can sort of look to uh, activate in our in our next steps. Uh, we also looked at the idea of conference prospecting, um, looking at previous registrants, web visits uh, to conference pages, email clicks on links related to conference, um, conference library access, community membership. Um, so by sort of compiling all of those things and then excluding everybody who had already registered, we were really able to create a, uh, a nice, powerful prospecting group uh, to deliver personalized, timely, relevant calls to action. Yeah, and I just had the opportunity to start using this. We're in the middle of our virtual conference as well right now. Our second day is tomorrow. Um, so I'm excited to kind of go back and look at the data and see how including the people from this prospect group and that marketing made an impact. Yeah, that's exciting. And thank you for being here with us while you're uh, also doing your own uh, virtual conference. <laughs> So we also just wanted to sort of uh, identify some of the other places that we're putting this into play so that maybe it sparks some ideas for, for some of our, our viewers. Um, we're, we've basically been able to, across the platform, identify observed interests in donation, um, professional development, committee participation, leadership opportunities, ambassadors for uh, the website or for community or for in-person events, um, volunteers. Uh, we, we talked about speakers and authors for, for publications um, as well as the, the conference attendees. So basically we have um, created a, a nice sort of prospecting group for these different um, priorities for the organization. 
and then the next steps, basically, as uh, as uh, Becca mentioned, is to automate these efforts. So now that we have these groups, um, here's an example of a simple prospecting follow-up campaign that could take these basically next steps in activating these members. Um, we're in, in different points and different processes with our with our groups here, um, but I uh, just wanted to make sure that people understood that now that these um, these groups are creative. It's uh, they are dynamic, and as people flow into those um, into those criteria and groups, we can activate a, a, a an automated email follow up um, to to take the next steps for that for that activation. Very cool. So I just. You know, basically through those those three uh, three initiatives, I think we uh, did a nice job of of maximizing uh, the the platform. We were able to help increase staff efficiency and and better better understand um, better understand the the members. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, year two for for our coaching? <laughs> it's going to be a good one. <laughs> It's awesome. an interesting year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hopefully that's um, uh, that's a lot of insight for people. Some some action items, maybe some um, some ideas and some connections that that people can put into play. Uh, thank you, Rebecca, for sharing with everyone how Illinois ASBO has used the platform to align, automate, and activate internal efficiencies and member motivations and um, your understanding and uh, behavior of members. Yes. Thank you, Josh, for taking the reins today. And Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing that experience. We really appreciate the insights. And uh, Alex, what was your take on all of that? I thought it was really cool to hear the progression of Rebecca's experience over the years, how they started off with their communication strategy and then added on community and then realized you know, how much data is accessible to to take and bring into that communications so that they can really just personalize the experience even more and make members feel like they're talking directly to them. Yeah. You know, it's one of the things that I talk to our customers and talk to people out in the field a lot about is, you know, with the community, people are creating hundreds, if not thousands of data points across the course of the year. Every time they're posting to a community or liking a piece of content or downloading a piece of content. And that really does give you the opportunity to personalize every piece of communication you're sending out. So it's really exciting to see organizations like Illinois ASBO taking advantage of that opportunity. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. Well, that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you all again next time. 